Is he the only person right now within the organization that we even are certain is good at what they do? The biggest thing is when, when Katie's on the court, he's the best player in the world. So they cater to him a little bit. I see him as Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns not a bad player. Mm -hmm. He's not a LeBron. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Nick and CeCe to break down the possibility of trading LeBron for Ben Simmons. Let me say this. The Lakers aren't trading LeBron James. Thanks. All right, LeBron James is the only thing the Lakers have going for them, period. Is he the only person right now within the organization that we even are certain is good at what they do? Pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. So and, and now, I, I do have some respect for Vogel. I know he struggled in Orlando. I thought he was good in Indiana. Some people will tell you it was his staff, whatever. I thought he was good in Indiana. But for the most part, yeah. No quite. Look, and LeBron, despite the narrative that nobody wants to play with him, we know Anthony Davis wants to go there. We know Kyrie Irving. I'm not saying he wants to go there. I don't think he will go there. But that's a possibility. Mm. Jimmy Butler, Kimball Walker, like the narrative. I know for a fact that Kawhi doesn't mind playing with LeBron. Right. That is it, it, right. Not necessarily that he's thirsting to, but that he's not opposed yeah. to. I right. would have known if he didn't want to play with LeBron. I was also the one, the first one that said, it's not necessarily L.A. meaning the Lakers. That means it could be the Clippers, right. their front office, Jerry West, and all that. So we have Kawhi, who wouldn't mind playing with them, and we have Anthony Davis. There's only one of these big-name free agents, sorry to interrupt you, no, no, right? no. The, that I feel like we know beyond a shadow of a doubt from his own comments and from logic that the Lakers are less attractive with LeBron there. And that's Kevin Durant. But Katie, that's that, it's how he's it's competing to be. with he's LeBron. Competing like, he's competing with right, him. That's how right. it's supposed to be. And so, like the, all the other free agents, to me, from what I understand, LeBron is either a neutral point or a positive point. And so, but go ahead. I no, I agree. And here's the thing from a Philly perspective, or any other team that would try to trade for LeBron. LeBron wants to be with the Lakers. It wasn't just, oh, Magic Johnson's there, I'm going to go there. He was going there pretty much anyway. But well, does he think he still wants to be with the Lakers? Yes. What he is wants it? to be in L.A. He didn't go there. I understand Basketball he wants to be in L.A. Part, but that's, Why does he want to be on the Lakers? Well, he wants to be in L.A. I mean, seriously. Like, and I don't think was, he's bigger than the Clippers. Then there, maybe there would be some traction. Possibly because the way the franchise is looking right now. But I know in the past, LeBron, it was always, he's, he felt I'm, he's bigger than the Clippers. The Lakers are the glamour franchise of the NBA. He's one of the biggest names that league has ever had. He wants to be there because his family. He wants to be there, obviously, his business situations. And here's the thing, too, and this is why yesterday with Vogel, I emphasized so much, the key is LeBron buying in. And that includes the coaching staff and the roster. Because, look, the Portland Trailblazers are in the Western Conference Finals. And if it wasn't going to be them, it was going to be Denver. Yeah. You can't tell me a healthy LeBron yes. James 100%. and just what he had this, this year. year. Even if they don't add anybody. Bring it back. Right. They couldn't compete with Portland and Denver. Right. They couldn't have done, by the way, they couldn't have been, let's say they get the seven spot, the spot the Spurs were in. Let's just say. Because that was that side of the bracket. Right, that side right. of the bracket. They couldn't have, the Spurs took Denver to seven games. 
And you and listen, with you know, folks in Denver, you guys earned my respect. Jokic was spectacular starting out game. Love. Jokic yeah. was he proved himself. <laughs> But Jokic and Denver wouldn't want to see LeBron in no, no. game seven of the first round. It like they, they got seven. And, and I agree with you. And so I, I think the Lakers organizationally are in disarray. But we can't forget that on the court, assuming LeBron's healthy, and which I understand we can't, it's not a given the way it had been up until last season, and assuming that even if his play is deteriorating, that it's not deteriorating by 30 or 40% each year, you're still you're a pseudo contender now, which is why any of these rumors doing them having it out there before free agency, because you you add another player, you are a real contender, is baffling to me. I think we need to look at how the players look at things, not only from a LeBron standpoint, because these current players, they didn't see Michael Jordan play. The greatest basketball player they ever seen play is LeBron James. So all these rumors about it being a, you know, a distraction to play with LeBron and all that. Some of that's true, but most of it is, is right. not true. So in their eyes, LeBron is the best player that's ever played the game. We have to always remember that. From a Lakers standpoint, the problem is, since these guys have been in the NBA, the Lakers have been a dumpster fire. They haven't been in the playoffs. They haven't been one of the elite basketball programs. So, yeah, they do look at LeBron as if, yeah, man, I would like to be able to do that. He's an iconic player. But this is not an iconic franchise to them. They're not like us. No, you're absolutely right. Like, they're looking at the Clippers. Clippers had Lob City to them. Mm -hmm. So, they're looking at the Clippers as the better franchise, at least right now. And uh, quickly, Nick, if another team were to try to trade for LeBron, they would have to weigh in, he doesn't want to be here. Like, unless you get him to say, okay, yeah, I, I'm excited about going to Philly. I'd like to try to win a championship with Embiid or whatever. Then you have a situation where we've seen LeBron when he's not happy, when he wants to sulk. But, and that's what you'd have to do. And the with problem too. for Philly is, if LeBron wanted to be there, he'd have been there. He could have went there. They, they, and that, that would have been the best situation to compete for as many championships as possible. The family element of this was the biggest. Everyone acts like the biggest element is his game shows and his TV shows and the product. That you absolutely. You can do that from anywhere. You can do that from anywhere. Guys got a private jet. Like, you can do that from anywhere. That was an element. Oh, he's got to tape Space Champ. Like, that's going to take eight weeks in a summer. The, it was his, from what I understand, his wife and his kids said, man, it's Akron or L.A. It, it, you know what I mean? We're not going to another place, especially when his oldest son is entering the recruitment phase, right. phase of high school, all these things. And so I just think, though, I think that this is, I don't want to say it's a non-story because it's obviously a story. I think it's almost a non-starter. I'm very curious from your perspective because you're in the news-breaking business. To me, this feels like a rival executive trying to plant seeds of doubt in potential free agent minds that the Lakers aren't bought in on LeBron James because Tom Aversho is a great reporter right. and a great writer, but he said he talked to a Western Conference executive or an NBA executive that said the Lakers could trade LeBron. I don't even think it's that deep. I think, and I know this from talking to executives all the time, this was just a conversation. And this was, what do you think that, you know, Lakers do or Philly? Hey, heck, if I'm Philly, maybe I'm looking to, you know, I think they should, you know, they Move might be, try Simmons. to get Ben, get LeBron for Ben Simmons. No, like, it's that real, type of discussion. Well, there's some real conversations as far as Ben Simmons. 
Now with well, his second, right. with Philly, now with his second, side. now right. with his second year yep. failing in the playoffs, not being able to get the numbers that he got during the regular season. They also have the same agent, and if you're going to get off of Ben Simmons, you got to move him somewhere. You got to be able to move him somewhere. From Philly's perspective, yeah, it, it looks would be good. A huge right. win. I would do it if I'm Philly, but I wouldn't do it if I'm the Lakers. Next, Yahoo Insider Chris Haynes joins Willock and Wiley to explain why the Warriors need KD. All right, the question here is, did the win over the Rockets diminish KD's accomplishments with the Warriors? And I have to say, with no disrespect to KD, <laughs> but about yes, it did. Oh, oh my oh, goodness. So? I, I don't see that. I, I see it actually highlighting that this team is multifaceted. Uh, and giving respect to Steve Kerr and his philosophy and his style of play because these guys say, look, we could either let KD lead us and that could look a little more ISO and stagnant, or we can go back to what we have in our DNA from training camp three, four years ago with Steve Kerr and saying, we're just going to play ball flow movement and have emotion offense and we can do this together. So what amazing pliability you have as a team where you could go this way or that way and don't lose anything in terms of greatness. So, no shot at KD, but they got a squad. The biggest thing is when, when KD's on the court, he's the best player in the world. So, they cater to him a little bit. Yeah, got when, you. When, 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 when he's not on the court, Steph and K can be way more aggressive. They can do more things on the court. They're a championship team with KD. They're a dangerous team without KD. And it's just that simple. They how can won you say one they're without not, him, though. You gonna, they how, they, how you lost, they was up 3-1 without him, too. Mm-hmm. That was a team five years ago with a different bench, True. different team. True. Totally different team. That was five years ago. That was a long time ago. But would you hear that if you were Stephen Clay? Would you want someone to slice it no, up? No, no. Like my, 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 my confidence is still the same. Right. But these are the same guys that went to the Hamptons to recruit KD. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they understand how good he is. Yeah. They're a championship team with him. Without him, they're a dangerous team. A couple of things. First of all, I think... If KD was not available for the entire series, I think Houston advances. I'll just put that out there right now. I think a lot of that game... Let me ask you this, though, bro. Let me stop you there. Why do we got to speak in hypothetical? They just won two because games I'm gonna in a row. I, I was about to, I was about to bring, I was about to bring, I was about to bring that up. I'll bring that up. You talk, if we're talking about game six, look, there was a lot of motivation. Guys were inspired, you know, to go out there and try to, you know, so that, that was a lot of emotional uh, wear that led to that game. Now, we're talking, look, talking about that bench. This is the weakest bench that the Warriors have had during this whole championship run. Right. They need KD. It doesn't diminish that at all. Now, don't, let's, not, let's not get it twisted <laughs> and take that game six performance and think that they can just turn back the hands of time back to 2015 no. and continue to do this consistently. No. That dude right there, they know how, how um, important he is to the team. And I'll say this, and I'll let y'all, let y'all go. <laughs> after the game, after the game, unprompted, Steve Kerr, Stephen Curry, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, all came out. We need KD. We need KD. <laughs> Ain't no question. Yeah, we need KD. Ain't no question about it. We the need most him. Most efficient player ever, bro. Unprompted. And I love it. That's what makes them have a great culture and a great yeah. team yeah. and great respect for each other. And so, look, man, we just talking about the fine details. Is Kevin Durant the best player in the NBA right now? Yes. 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 However. If you can take the best player, name me another best player in the NBA you can take off a team and they can go out and win two consecutive playoff games against a good team. I just don't know if we, if you take Jordan off, you take uh, uh, LeBron off some teams, you take Kobe off some teams. Kareem, we're going way back. Kareem when he was injured and Magic went out there and said, give me that. 
Yeah, but quadruple double yeah, any yeah, play yeah, center. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, that was a that, that was a good one. Yeah. That <laughs> was a good. Did, though. I went forty years back. Yeah, you, yeah, you had to go way back. Hold on, hold on. You had to go way back. Miami Heat team. If you take LeBron off, you don't think they can win two games with Wade nah, and Bob? No, we saying that it occurred. Oh, it occurred. Yeah, oh, no, okay. no. I, but I would even yeah. say hypothetically. I just I, no, I don't. I, you would have said that about KD and this squad. They every game was close. It was six game six points or fewer. Every contest. So if someone would have told you but, hypothetically, but he, here's look, fair or unfair, here was the knock on KD. Man, they really didn't need you in Golden State. You're a luxury. Everybody said, and, that. and mm-hmm. you can't, this fuels that narrative yeah. a little bit. Like, hey, man, you're a luxury item. You're not essential. Mm. That and again, that's he is still the best player in the NBA right now. I'm not taking that away from him. But to me, this makes it seem like. Yeah, you probably do need to go to New York and do your own thing to really get the kind of credit you want. Now, Steven Jackson sits with Jason McIntyre to answer some of the NBA's hottest topics. Welcome back to another NBA playoff edition. Knockdown, Jay. I'm joined this week. Steven Jackson, the people's champion. There we go. One of my favorite players during his prime. Steven Jackson, we got a lot to sift through here after two great game sevens on Sunday. Let's get started with the 76ers. Yeah. Oh, brutal loss. Raptors win it on the Kawhi Leonard shot at the buzzer. Today, everybody's talking about the future of the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Steven, do you think they should run it back? Should they look to blow up the nucleus? What's the move here if you're the Philadelphia 76ers? Well, you lo- the way you, they lost, you want to go down to the wire, game seven. So they put that left everything on the court. But in order to get better and go on to the next season, you have to make a move. And I think the move is Ben Simmons. Ooh. I think they have to make a move where they can get more uh, guards that can shoot and that can play in pick and roll. And I think Brooklyn has those two, those two guards. I think um, with, the, with the package of two, two young guards that can shoot, Dribble, penetrate, make plays, along with Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and the B that gets doubled more than any mm. big man in the game. I think that'll be special. I think it hinders them not having a point guard that can shoot because he demands and B demands so many double teams that the normal shot and the perfect shot out of double team, as you know, is swing, swing, shot in the corner. Ben Simmons is always diving, and when you're diving, you're diving into the defense because the defense is rotating mm. your way. It kills the offense. Having two guards, maybe a D'Angelo Russell. Maybe another guard from Brooklyn. I think that would be a dangerous So you're team. willing to give up I'm a willing, 22-year-old rookie of the year. That won't even shoot, yes. <laughs> I sure am. You, I mean, again, people have compared him to Magic Johnson when he came into this league with his court vision, his passing ability. Magic, no. A 6'10 no. point guard, not a lot of those in the history of the NBA, Steven. If you what did Magic do on, his rookie year? Magic did uh, game six against the Sixers, filled in at center, and the NBA Finals had like 42 points. Oh. Ben Simmons took four shots in game seven. Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> you so can't compare him to Magic. But the potential, I, I, I'm loath to get rid of Ben Simmons at this stage. Now, I agree with the shooting. Mm-hmm. Do you think a move of Ben Simmons would be enough to keep Jimmy Butler who is going to be commanding big bucks from several teams, the Lakers perhaps, in free agency this summer? Well, I think that would be my, my main priority because he's a tough-nosed guy. He brings the energy and the leadership to the team, the experience, the tough-nosed, hard-nosed guy. Uh, he can play on both ends. One of the, he's with top three two-way player in the game. Um, you got to lock him in first. I think he's a big part of that team. I think Embiid wants him on the team because it gives him more confidence and, and, and more security. But 
not having Jimmy on that team is going is going is going to create a big hole on that team, something that he filled this yeah. year, and uh, I don't think they can go backwards on that note. And regarding the coach Brett Brown, uh, down the stretch the Sixers were awful in the fourth quarter. I believe they had back to back. 24-second violations and a tie game with two minutes left. Do you think he survives this offseason? Again, the coaching market, as the Lakers just found out, we'll mm-hmm. get to them shortly, it's very thin. I mean, Cleveland just hired John Beeline from college. He had never coached in the NBA. What do the Sixers do with Brett Brown? Oh, um, I don't want to put you on the spot and say fires. You know, no, they I went mean, to game I, seven down the wire. Well, I mean, obviously – he didn't control the game at the end like he should have on the road. Um, I think the players made plays, but I think for the most part, he's not the coach for them to me because he's not holding Ben Simmons accountable for getting better, creating a jump shot, making your team better, because by you not having a jump shot at, at the point guard position, you're hindering our whole offense. And to have a coach that's not holding the player accountable, I have no respect for him. Okay. All right, let's move on. Golden State Warriors have just announced Kevin Durant, Stephen, will not play in the first two games of the Western Conference Finals. So the Warriors, they're heavy favorites to take down the Blazers. Uh, your thoughts on whether or not Golden State is susceptible against Portland without the best player in the NBA, I'll call him. Well, I don't think they're a championship team anymore without KD. Obviously, they still can win games, as we've seen. Yes. Um, you still have to go out there and win a series. You, Dame, Dame and them are playing real well. They're real confident, and they're playing well. They just went to the, the number two seeds home on the game seven and got a big win. So they're a very confident team. I'm, I, I wouldn't say Golden State is going to win this series without KD for the simple fact that I was a part of an eight seed that beat the one yes. seed. So anything could happen. With KD, it's kind of solidified. But without KD, I think Portland is real confident and they, they feel like they can come in there and steal a game one or two. The narrative online, and again, you don't want to read too much into social media, but you're active on there, is that, well, hey, Warriors won 73 games without Kevin Durant a few mm-hmm. years ago. They also they got just swept. knocked off the Rockets. They also got came back 3-1. I, I, I would agree. <laughs> Trust me, I'm on your side in this. But what do you want to say to the people who are like, hey, they just beat the Rockets in game six on the road. Again, it's like a five-quarter sample size without Kevin Durant. This is a team with no bench. I know Quinn Cook and Jordan Bell played nice minutes in game six. But this Portland bench is much deeper. Rodney Hood. Yeah. I mean, Zach Collins right now is better than anyone yes. on the Golden State bench. Yes. Uh, I think they're in real trouble if Kevin Durant doesn't show up in this series. They could lose this series if they don't have Kevin Durant. It's definitely possible. Like I said, the Portland is playing confident. I think Steph and Clay are definitely way more aggressive without KD on the court. I think uh, the numbers are when KD and Steph on the court, Steph averages 18. Without KD on the court, he averages 35. So it's a big difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? So those guys are definitely more dangerous, and hopefully the guys off the bench can give them something. To, to, to make up a uh, missing KD, but it's going to be a good series. And I think if Portland was confident, they're more confident now, knowing yeah. they're going to the first two games without KD. Yeah, certainly. All right, moving on to the Los Angeles Lakers. They just hired Frank Vogel over the weekend. Um, listen, uh, we don't need to look into his resume. He was a massive failure in Orlando. Orlando made the playoffs the year after right, he left. Right. Uh, they also hired Jason Kidd as an assistant. We know in Milwaukee, struggled. They have get rid of him, and now they're the number one seed in the East. Um, is Frank Vogel going to be successful with the Lakers? I don't think so. I think it's going to be the same type of situation with Luke. If we looked at last year, a lot of the players, we looked in the media, how many times we heard about players going at Luke? Because there's no respect. Yeah, you played in the NBA, but you wasn't that good. You wasn't a star player. I think J. Kidd, is, all the players are going to gravitate to J. Kidd. They're going to love J. Kidd. LeBron's relationship is going to be with J. Kidd. He's going to talk through, to Vogel through J. Kidd. J. Kidd is going to be everything to that team. All the players are going to gravitate to him. That's why I say players are the best coaches. 
I think it, it, it looks kind of shady to me because what are you saying? You're saying you want Vogel to get the credit, but you want J.K. to develop the players? Yeah. Like, it, it, what, what, what are you saying? The, yeah, the big story was when LeBron walks into a room. He needs to respect Vogel his and coach. LeBron can be right there. Yeah. I guarantee you walk to J.K. first. Exactly. And that's going to ultimately be a big problem. I mean, David Blatt ran into that in Cleveland with Ty Lewis as his, his assistant. I don't know. Why were the Lakers and Jeannie Buss afraid to hire Jason Kidd? Do you think it's some of the baggage off the court that he brought to the table? Uh, uh, it doesn't really make sense why they would be so hot for him but not want to make him the guy. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, it's, I don't think it's, it, was, it was anything baggage. I just think they got the wrong people running an organization. Yes. I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, Magic walked away for a reason. He's seen a whole bunch of nonsense going on. And then at the end of the day, you know, even with Kurt Rambis, if he comes down, decides to come down and coach, they're not going to respect him either. You know, and, and, that's, and that's just what it is. But, but for the most part, it just, it just looks bad. Now, I don't want to go overboard with a coaching hire impacting free agency, but does Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, those type players, Jimmy Butler, see the hire of Vogel and say, eh, I don't want to go there? Or is, are we overrating coaching when it comes to free agency? That's why they hired J. Kidd, because they see exactly <laughs> what you it. said. They see the, the hire of Vogel and be like, uh, well, they got J. Kidd in there. Yeah. So work, Hall of Famer, all-time right. great point guard. All right, uh, Steven, we'll get you out of here on picks. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors. Bucks haven't played in about a week by the time game one comes around. Uh, I will give you this. Pascal Siakam in four games against the Bucs this year destroyed them. They don't have a matchup for him. Average 24 a game, shot over 40% from three. Um, Giannis, obviously, versus Kawhi. Do you think the Raptors are live underdogs in this series? The Bucs are heavy favorites to get to the finals. Well, uh, I think the series can go either way. Um, it's going to see, it depends on who defends the best. Uh, Greek Freak and um, Kawhi are both relentless guys on offense. They're going to attack all game. We're going to see what different combinations they can throw at each guy. I think for the most part, Toronto has different guys that they can throw at Greek Freak and give him different looks. I think Ibaka, Ibaka can be more physical mm. with him. Siaka can guard him on the wing and on the post. He's big enough. It's just about competing. I don't think Kawhi would be on him too much because you don't want to get Kawhi in foul trouble yeah. and you really need him on offense. But I think they have other guys that can come off the bench that probably can bang with him a little bit. But defense is going to be the total factor of the game. And you have a great coach that coaches great defense in Milwaukee. I played for him yeah. in San Antonio, uh, Mike Budnos. He's a great defensive coach, and that might get them Yeah, over. they were number one in the regular season. And he knows Kawhi. Efficiency. Yes, let me ask you quickly about that. When you look at the matchups, if Kawhi, who did everything in that Sixer series, has to guard Giannis and then come around and provide all the scoring, he's going to be gassed. We saw him in Game 7. I think he put up 39 shots. Yes. If he has to carry that load, Steven, they're going to have no chance in the series. Well, who steps up? Other than Siakam, I mean, can Kyle Lowry actually show up? Because he's got a tough matchup with Bledsoe. Wait, Danny Green? If you see, he didn't guard he didn't guard uh, Jimmy Butler yes. in this series either. They always put him on a smaller guard. So I think they'll put him on Bledsoe and let Siakam and some other guys get the first cracks okay. at, 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 at Greek Freak. But for the most part, you want him fresh. And Toronto has to figure out other ways for other guys to score. Bud is going to do a great job of taking Kawhi out of sweet spots and taking the ball out of Kawhi's hand. That's something Pop has taught him yeah. and something he's good at. He's going to make Kawhi do a lot of things different. And I really, I really believe that if it's a coaching battle, you got to go towards the Milwaukee coach. He has Certainly. experience, he has the championships, and he knows Kawhi. Watch the games he played. I think it's going to be something Kawhi's never Let's seen. Let's give Nurse some credit, though. In Game 7, Ibaka, who had a rough series, every right. time Embiid uh, ate him up, Serge Ibaka was a monster on the offensive yes. glass. And that's a great point. 
he could match up with Giannis and maybe slow him down, although I don't know if anybody can slow yeah, him down. And when, you, and when you talk about coach, you talk about Brett Brown. Last play of the game, you can't let Kawhi go right. I, I, Force him left. Do we want to pin that on Ben Simmons? He kind of gave up and no, just no, handed I him off. I said Brett Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coaches, after the timeout, have, that's one thing Pop was good at, tendencies. Letting you know guys' tendencies. Coming out of timeout, they should have told him. Whenever he catch the ball, if he makes a game winner, make it, make him, make it go left. They let him go all the way yeah. right, all the way to his sweet spot. Yeah, you got to know your tendencies. All right, and quickly, uh, Portland versus Golden State. Again, the Kevin Durant injury out the first two games. If Portland steals one, we know they have a big home court advantage up in the Northwest. I don't, For some reason, I, I think they can win this series if Kevin Durant is not 100%. If Kevin Durant misses more than two or three games, it's, it's a chance. It's, it's possible that they can, but it, it, they have to win it. Uh, I don't think... They could expect to just go to state to lay down just because Katie's not out there. Yeah. Portland still has to play has to play lights out basketball. They have to shoot well. They have to defend in order to beat Golden State without KD. But it's simple fact yeah. that they still have a dangerous team. They're still a championship team. For the most part, I want to see how Dane performs. Yes. I want to see how Dane. He, he kind of took a step back in this series against did he, Denver. Did he look a little tired again? Yeah, because he, he he used so much energy going up against Russ. Yeah. He kind of set back, but that's good. Having a teammate, yeah, like you have, he can take over sometimes. I mean, they so. called the play for McCollum with a, in a one-point game down the stretch. And every, that was impressive. And every time they came down, they got the ball in the last three minutes. Damian slowed it down yeah. and gave it to McCollum because he knew he was going. And that's what good players do. But Dame is an Oakland guy, right? And you wonder if in the first two games he's going to be out to kind of prove something. Hey, I'm on Steph Curry's level. I was first team All NBA last year. This is my hometown. He did drop 40 on the Warriors this mm. season in a game. Um, I think some of the matchups actually could favor Portland. Not Dame against Curry, obviously, but the depth could be a problem for Golden State. Well, it's going to be more dangerous than James to me for the simple fact that they're in the system and they're attacking in the system. Yes. When you're ISO and it's, you know what's coming, you can see what's coming. Everybody can see on the paint. It's just ISO ball. They score in the system. And they got multiple guys that can score, and they're more dangerous. I I I, I like this series. Been this series is going to be way more entertaining than the Houston series. All right, there you have it, folks. Another edition of Knockdown Jay in the books for Stephen Jackson. I'm Jason McIntyre. We'll see you next week. Following Skip and Shannon debate the Zion Williamson lottery tonight. Would Zion be a franchise player for one of these teams? I do not believe that he's a transformative player, Skip. Hmm. Do I look at him and say, it's okay, he's a LeBron James. He's a Magic Johnson. He's a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't look at him. I, I, I don't see that in him. Um, I, if you paired him with someone, let's just say the Knicks got him and KD and, and Kyrie came there. Yep. Okay. But is he the centerpiece? No, mm -hmm. it's going to be KD, then mm -hmm. it's going to be Kyrie. Uh, I see him, the question, I, let me tell you how I see him, Skip. I see him as Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, not a bad player, mm -hmm. but he's not a, he's not a mm. LeBron. Yeah, but for two years, the GMs voted, if we could start our franchise, we want K-A-T, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, this year, not so much. And you get B-E-A-T. Okay. That's right. what you get with uh -oh. K-A-T. Yeah, okay. Because that's what they got. You get a kitty cat? No. Because I look at and the questions again. Yeah. We get another guy going number one overall. When I look yeah. at a guy going number one overall, Skip, I don't want a whole lot. Of, I don't want a whole lot of uh, uh, you know questions. <sighs> Shooting. Can he shoot? Hmm. We're gonna. I got injury. 
Skip, that's a big man mm -hmm. that's very explosive. He's 19 and weighs 285. Mm -hmm. Now, what does history tell us about somebody in their teens wearing 285? Yep. They don't normally wait till they get to 25 and all of a sudden say, you know what? I need to be 255. Yep. That's a concern for me. How tall is he actually? I don't know, 6'7", maybe 6'6", six, six, somewhere in there. I'm thinking maybe 6'6", six, 6'5 six, six, and a half. Maybe. And I know everybody said, well, this is a pos positionless NBA. I kind of like guys that I kind of know what they are. Is he gonna? Is, is he a three? Is he a four? Is he a point three? Is, is, is he's not a two? At least John Moran. Skip, I know what John Moran is. He's a point guard. Yep. Ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's what he is. Yep. So I, when I look at Zion, do I think he's fun to watch? He's unbelievable. Hmm. Do I believe he's a transcendent, a LeBron James, Kareem Magic? I do not believe he's one of those guys. Hmm. I believe he can be a good player, hmm. but I don't believe he'll – he alone – can change your fortune. Okay, and I cannot tell you how much I disagree with everything you just said. Okay. Zion Williamson is a life changer for somebody tonight. He is transformative, to use your word, in, in a way that shatters all your molds. I can't compare him to any of those pantheon <laughs> greats that you just threw out there because he's none of those. Right. He doesn't fit in to any of those. He's a wrecking ball with touch and feel and skill. He's a wrecking ball with extreme basketball character and intangibles. Okay. And you don't find that combination. Coach K said, the most unique athlete I've ever coached at Duke. Mouthful. Hmm. Remember what Steve Kerr said the day after the yep. opening game back in November when they just took the wrecking ball to Kentucky? What was it, 118 to 84? Mm -hmm. What did Steve Kerr say the next day? I thought LeBron was a one-shot deal, but apparently the next guy is coming. That was just one-shot deal for Steve Kerr to watch on TV the night before. He said, well, wait, there's the next yep. LeBron. Now, it's not... LeBron package. He doesn't do what LeBron does. Mm -hmm. He does it very differently, but he has the same impact. What did Steph Curry say? He is unreal. You can't teach his passion and how hard he plays on every single possession. Yes. You can't teach that. I'll, I'll give you okay? that. Okay. So what I'm seeing is, uh, first of all, I'm seeing extreme. Let's do Madison Square Bar Garden. Let's sure. do box office. Let's just say he's the Knicks pick. He, he that the Knicks hit the lottery. I am seeing high-flying, slam-dunking, shot-blocking, box office, marquee value. And yet, what I'm seeing is an Odell with his head on straight. I'm seeing an Odell without all the, the diva egomania huh. and an Odell who can dominate the game because he's playing basketball versus the dependent position that Odell plays as receiver in football. I get all that, but okay. let me ask you this, Skip. Uh -huh. Are we going to win some games? Are we going to win a championship? Because that's yeah. what you're telling me he is. He's a guy that can win me a championship. Are we, I know all the seats are going to be packed out. You see the clutch shots he made? Every time down the stretch when they no, really started I saw the to clutch, fail. I saw the clutch layups and dunks mm, that he made. Okay, I did, too. I saw okay. the putback against yeah, Carolina. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think he cost you some dues. He cost me dues, but I, wanted, I, yeah. want, I, but I got yeah. it back. Yeah. Oh, Michigan State gave back to him. Okay. Yeah, I got to be a good. So we're but even there. This, but I, just but I want to know. But yeah. I need to. I know he's box office. Can dunk. Can block shots. And you know Can't what? With a championship. You know what kept happening? He kept getting RJ at Duke because RJ Barrett is a ball hog, and I like <laughs> a lot of things about him. And I don't doubt that he's going to be the third picker in the draft somewhere right. in there. Right. But at at Duke, he seemed to have a greener light than Zion. 
but Zion can be unselfish to a fault. Zion will pass the basketball, and he'll pass it deftly and beautifully. He's, he's got good feel because he played point guard in high school. Yeah. So all of a sudden last year, I start seeing him shoot threes. He, he made 34% of his three-point shots. You like that? Yeah. I'll take that. Say shot Louis, okay. of course. All right, but, but again, what we're seeing is, and it is, this is a man's league that we're talking about here, right? Mm -hmm. This is big boy basketball. He is a big man child. That's what he's right. still a child. I'll give you that. But listen, when when you are 6'7, 285, you, you would seem to set up to be a below the rim rebounder. Right. He oh, could jump explosive. out of the gym. Yeah, he's explosive. Okay, he, okay. Never so, seen so, like so that. you've got you've got wrecking ball size yeah. that can can elevate yeah. like yeah. like we've never seen yeah. before. Okay, yeah. so you can create space with your physique, and you can skyrocket for the basketball. It's going to be hard to defend that. And if he's playing hard every single possession every night in the NBA, which we don't see very often, you're going to have something for the long term. Now back to your injury point. If, if, if he stays perpetually injured, then you got me. I don't know. And we saw the one, you know. No, I, th I think that's his fluke. That okay. What concerns me, Skip, is he's so explosive at that size. I am with you. We don't I got see it. that. I got it. You know, mm -hmm. normally we see guys 300 pounds, they they amble up and down the uh -huh. court. He doesn't that, amble. Skip, that, that, he can run. Yeah, you don't have 45-inch uh -huh. verticals no. coming up and down no. and pounding and pounding uh -huh. time after time. But you said something very interesting. You said that in Duke. He got RJ. Yeah. I think Coach K is one of the, in my, I don't remember Coach Wooden coaching. Um, so in my lifetime, I like to say Coach K, Dean Smith, uh, Coach Knight, for what it, what, however you feel about him. I think they're three of the greatest coaches that I can remember in, in college basketball. But there's a reason why Coach K kept putting the ball in RJ Barrett's hand at the end of the ball game, Skip. What did like, I say? I, I, no, all I'm saying okay. is that one guy he believes can go get his shot. The other guy is dependent on somebody putting him in position to get his shot mm. because that's what you want. You want the guy at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. He can go get his, and if they come double or triple him, he can give it up. Okay. What did I say the day after the Michigan State debacle? I sat right here and I said, what are you doing, Coach K? What I've been Because he got Coach K'd in that game. I get, I just, That's like the, the man classic, got five titles. The only man who ever stopped Michael Jordan in college was... Dean Smith. Finally, Nick and CeCe do examine game one between the Trailblazers and Warriors. All right, Nick, if the Blazers are going to pull off the upset, well, what's the first item on their to-do list? How are they going to do it? Well, they must win one of these first two games. You don't win yes. one of these first two mm -hmm. games, then all of a sudden you're in one of these two scenarios. You either have to win four straight to win the series, or you have to win four out of five, including a game seven on the road, which is so rarely done in conference finals. And I think, Nick, you you believe that the probability, because you know you're not going to see Kevin Durant or Boogie Cousins in those first two games. So yes. not only just for the percentages, but as far as the Warriors might get better if the series ends up going six or seven games. Absolutely right. Like you, I don't, we know you're not going to see KD tonight or Thursday. Personally, with the way, not only the way he got injured, but the reaction right after the injury. Every, oh, Steve Kerr's comments yesterday leads me to believe Kevin Durant's not going to be playing basketball for the next week. The West Conference Finals are every other day. By one mm -hmm. week from today, we will be discussing 
game four that will have just happened the night before. Game four, it goes Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. I would be surprised if Durant plays in any of those first four games. We know he's not playing in the first two. So Portland has to get out to an early start in this series, if you will. And the way you do that is Dame and CJ have to do play Steph and Clay, not even, but close enough to even to where Portland has their one advantage in this series, which I think is their depth, compared to Golden State's lack of depth, to where they go to their bench units, you can win those segments of time. You can win the tail end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, tail end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, because if the Warriors starters blow you off the court, then it doesn't matter how much deeper you are. But I don't think this is, with KD being out, C, I don't think this is as lopsided as Vegas says. I think the Warriors are the favorites. But I looked this morning, Warriors are minus 600. You have to risk $600 to win $100 for them to win the series. They, Vegas is giving the Blazers about a 15% chance to win. I think it's closer to a 30% chance, about a one in three shot. So I do think Portland has a plausible path, most notably because of the Golden State injuries. But every one of those paths involves them winning one of these first two games in Oracle. When it comes to the Warriors, we talk about something called muscle memory. Your body's just going to figure out how to do it. The Warriors mm -hmm. quickly figured out how to win when KD left. They already know how to do it. They don't have to change right. that much. Don't you agree that that's still going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for the Blazers? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I think that, um, and you talk about the 11 players that played in the first half of the game, a lot of them gaining confidence because Steve Kerr, this is more like the situation they played or the basketball that they played before they got Kevin Durant. So I think the younger players, especially playing at home, they're coming off a huge win in Houston. Them playing at home, I believe those first 24 minutes are very, very important that they establish. Because I believe they will play a lot of players, and I believe they, they, it won't be an advantage that Portland, on paper, says, man, they got a better bench. But I believe that Steve Kerr has empowered his team through that game six victory with the amount of minutes. 11 players played more than three, in, three minutes in that first half of the game. And I believe that they'll play a style. I believe they'll play the best defense. They'll play with a lot of energy, and they'll have a lot of fun on the court. That was the style for which a lot of people fell in love with the Golden State Warriors, and I believe that Steve Kerr, what he did after game number five when they played that fabulous 14 minutes without Kevin Durant, empowering the team, letting everyone, everyone who dresses be ready to play, and I think that's the type of attitude they'll have starting game number one, and that will carry them through and the series. So I think I look at that slightly differently. I think that is potentially – a danger spot for the Golden State Warriors in this regard. I think Steve Kerr is a fabulous NBA coach, and he's even better, almost better as an NBA psychotherapist, almost better as massaging egos, making sure everyone feels respected and needed. But where Kerr's gotten himself in trouble and where I think his biggest weakness is, is those in-game rotation decisions. And when it was pared down to we're only playing seven guys, those decisions became easier for him. Once he played 11, and they had success with it in game six. I, if I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, my one concern is, does he all of a sudden, do we have a reboot of, wait, Festus Azili is on the court 
in Game 7 of the NBA Finals, like where he has had in his past a, a tendency to expand the rotation too much this time of year, and guys who are not ready, guys who you will, much like we saw with Philadelphia, they played Greg Monroe for a minute and a half, they got outscored by nine points in that minute and a half, that's why they lost the game. You can put a guy out there that is a bad matchup, that is not ready for the moment, and you can lose the, the game in those margins. So it's... I understand it's nice that Steph and Clay and Draymond and Iggy aren't going to have to play 42-plus minutes throughout this series, but Kerr's going to have to be very judicious with the guys he realizes early on in the series can play in this series and the guys that are not equipped to play against Anita's Canner, Damian Lillard, high pick and roll. Well, you just saw what happened with Kevin Durant. There's wear and tear on this team. There's fatigue. This, this The mm -hmm. Rockets team played them hard. The the Blazers and the Warriors played the second and third most, third most minutes of any teams right now in the postseason. You got to wonder if that's a little too much tax on the Warriors for them to play all those minutes and not have these guys. Well, play. I'm not concerned about that. I think at this point in the season, there's so much adrenaline. They're going for their third championship. They had a chance to reboot after the, the huge victory in game. We can't forget the boost of energy they got. Losing Kevin Durant, but, but winning in the type of way that they won with Steph struggling in the first half. Because I believe that Steph's going to come out and look like the two-time MVP. And I believe he is the wild card if there can be one with someone who has a, uh, with a resume like Steph's. Can he stay out of foul trouble? Because if he gets into foul trouble, that's one of the avenues for the Portland Trailblazers to make this difficult on the Warriors. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.